Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 81 Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our festal day. For it is a statute for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. She made it a a decree in Joseph when she went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a voice I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I rescued you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Then I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their doom would last forever. I would feed you with the finest of of wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Ruth chapter 2 Now Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I I may find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. They answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early morning until now, without resting even for a moment. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate with her face to the ground, and she said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, May I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, 
for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here, and eat some of this bread, and dip your morsel in the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he, and he heaped up for her some parched grain. She ate it until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she got up to glean, Boaz introduced his young men. Let her glean even among the standing sheaves, and do not reproach her. You must also pull out some handfuls for her from the bundles, and leave them for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of, of barley. She picked it up and came into the town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gleaned. Then she took out and gave her what was left over after she herself had been satisfied. Her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and said, The name of the man with whom I worked today was Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living for the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a relative of ours, one of our nearest kin. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay close by my servants until they have finished all my harvest. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is better, my daughter, that you go out with his young men, otherwise you might be bothered in another field. So she stayed close to the young men of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 14-18 through 18. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, speaking of this as he does in all his letters. There are some things in them hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you are forewarned, Beware that you are not carried away with the error of the lawless and lose your stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the 10th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 81, Ruth 2, and Second Peter 3. And the Ruth reading is a long story uh, that centers on um, Ruth and Boaz. And this gleaning they talked about, um, it's, uh, gleaning was a practice um, that was prescribed in Leviticus 25 or somewhere in there. Um, essentially what it is, is... Um, the farmers who would have been seen as wealthy, landowning, um, but also stagnant, um, they were commanded not to reap, which is which is you know don't gather the harvest from the edge of your fields, because those are to be left for the poor. Let them come and gather what they need. You just um, collect uh, the harvest from the center of your fields, basically. There's this other practice, um, gleaning, where the poor were allowed to follow behind the worksmen, the workmen, um, and pick up the things that they didn't pick up. So this is not the choicest stuff. These are, you know, literally um, 
just what you know what's left behind after they do their work. And it was uh, a commandment in Israel. Um, the poor had a place of honor. Um, they weren't supposed to be left with nothing. Um, and that was a cry back to the Exodus where everybody is supposed to only have enough. Um, but human communities are such that some people hoard. Some people collect more than they need. And that robs the, the poor of what they deserve and what they need. Dorothy Day has this wonderful saying, um, if you have two coats and you're and you know someone on the street has none, you've robbed them of of their coat. It's a little bit you know excessive, but the idea is there. If you have more than you need, it means that somebody else probably has not enough. And so they were commanded to do these things to level the playing fields um, a little bit, not you know fundamentally that that came with the jubilee years every seven and 49 years. Um, but they were worked into the life and the character of, of uh, the, the people of Israel, um, that the poor should not be you know, run off the land. And so Boaz is noteworthy, not necessarily because he did these things, um, but because he was obeying these different statutes and, and laws in Israel, which could be relatively obscure. Um, scholars don't think that Israel ever um, performed jubilees um, like it was supposed to every 49 years where all the slaves were set free and everybody returned to their homeland. Um, the, um, the problem is, you know, when you're, uh, you know, the, when you uh, acquire too much, you get this entitlement, you think that it's yours. Um, and God is quite clear that nothing, we don't have anything uh, but for uh, the grace of God. Um, and even above and beyond that, I think we can get more than the grace of God gives us, and we think it's ours, right? And again, this is the lesson that God, this goes against the lesson that God was trying to teach the Israelites, um, especially in the military campaign in Canaan, where he said, um, and it was reinforced in uh, Deuteronomy's retelling of these stories, um, or in different ways on the Exodus story, um, where it was explicit, look, do not take anything. It's devoted to me. I don't want you to think that you've earned this, that you've gotten it by your power, or that you deserve anything other than what you have, than what I have given you. Um, and so there's uh, this is where the modern uh, Catholic Church has this um, theology or this um, concept of uh, God's preferential treatment of the poor. Um, it's written into you know every book of the Bible. Boaz was doing what he was supposed to. Boaz was enacting these laws, even though every other you know other farmers weren't. He was. Um, he uh, was noteworthy um, as a person of faith, someone who didn't just believe with their minds or whatever, but also with their actions, with what they did. And so that's what makes Boaz noteworthy. And Ruth and Naomi, you know, they talk about they need to stay near this person. Not only is he generous, he also is clearly someone that can be trusted and and who is a a believer in God. Um, And um, uh, in the the letter, uh, 2 Peter, um, 
that makes me think of something similar. Um, you know, where he says, uh, "Don't be carried away with the error of the lawless and lose your own stability." Um, that's kind of a a, 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 a critique uh, of the things that um, were left unsaid in Ruth. Um, the The implication is that um, you may be obeying worldly laws, but in the eyes of God, you are not being entirely lawful. You're you're um, you know kind of leaning into lawlessness. Um, St. Augustine had this famous quote that Martin Luther King quoted, uh, an unjust law is no law at all, right? If the laws of, of the world are unjust, they don't count. They're, they exist on paper. People might you know, enforce them, blah, 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 but they're not really laws. Uh, they're paper laws, right? Um, there's this distinction between God's laws and human laws. And human laws are supposed to have some some power, right? It's supposed to correct evildoers and reward people who do good. Um, but there's a distinction. Boaz was doing God's law. He was being lawful. And other people in Israel, the unspoken criticism is that they were not being lawful. Ruth and Boaz were kind of foreshadowing, or rather the, the author of Second Peter, um, you know, kind of has this behind them. Um, when they write, don't follow the lawless, don't be carried away by them, but follow instead the lawful, the workmen of Boaz and Boaz himself, cling near to them. Uh, don't stray into other fields where you're going to get harassed by the lawless and lose your stability. Um, it matters who you follow. It matters who your commander is. It matters what they do um, as much as what they say they believe. Um, you know, not all commanders are created equal. Some commanders are shit, and not because you don't like them, but because you may like them for the wrong reasons. I say that because when I was uh, preparing to go on my second deployment, um, I was expecting to go without a weapon or hoping to. <clears throat> I was at Fort Irwin in California uh, for pre-deployment training, and our battalion commander, who's an utter douchebag, um, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Browder, he sat us all down in a little fucking pep talk and said, Hey, you know, I've got your back. Uh, you know, I'm, we're in this together. If you, sh if you, um, shoot someone, you know, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was, he very clearly said, if you shoot someone or, you know, an innocent civilian, um, I will take care of you. I'll protect you. We'll carry weapons that we can place on them called drop weapons. I've got your back. Uh, that was human uh, you know, law, if you want to call it that. And people followed him into combat. I was kind of pushed out. I wasn't allowed to deploy because I refused to carry a weapon. Um, and sure enough, uh, when they came back, um, one of his uh, platoon sergeant was put on, on trial in court-martial for shooting a, a handcuffed detainee. Um, it matters that Browder, that commander, said that. And it matters that that person followed um, that commander into lawlessness and lost his stability. Um, it matters who we follow. It matters who we associate with and, and who we cling to because they influence um, our own ability to, to do and be the things 
that God uh, calls us to be and to do. A prayer for those who influence public opinion from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you proclaim your truth in every age by many voices. Direct in our time, we pray, those who speak where many listen and write what many read, that they may do their part in making the heart of this people wise, its mind sound, and its will righteous. To the honor of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.